customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. your mother it's time for another episode of birds with friends just some high flying ran fast vertical stems of professors from Penn watching eagles eating prey like pazookies on birthdays it's philadelphia marissa bow and zach kicking it cooler than three penguins till zach runs off with his valet keys he's a real nuanced goose pull up a branch get loose it's time for some juice on some birds with friends the early bird gets the worm but prefers getting turned like a turn on some birds with friends marissa bow and zach are here to squawk don't miss the mistress talk on some you know the term salt of the earth i guess i, I screw up the term <laughs> I, I call it dirt of the earth <laughs> i said it like the most earnest way possible hello everybody and welcome to birds with friends on a thursday afternoon bo wolf zach berman here as we are ready to unpack the last practices before the Eagles open their preseason on Saturday evening in Baltimore against the uh, famously hard-to-beat in the preseason Ravens. We've got uh, some Quackness reports to get to. We've got the official announcement of the 2023 Bo Wolf Camp Crush. We're giving away some Mount Joy tickets, and then we're going to close with a little draft of the things that we're most looking forward to ahead of the preseason game on Saturday night. Zach, how are you? Bo, correct me if I'm wrong, but that sounds like a rundown. Which, are we turning over a new leaf here on Birds with Friends? A rundown for the show. I like it. It's organized. I feel like we should have the part in the interruption rundown on the right-hand side so the audience knows exactly what they're listening to when. You're really testing me here. Because so? I'm, I'm starting trying to open the show. We're in, we're in kumbaya. We're in a good mood, and you got to take a shot at me right away. That's a compliment. I say what's happening in the show every episode. That's a compliment there. <laughs> That's not uh, a compliment. How, how am I doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Excited for the show. But you wish you were uh, traveling to a foreign country on Shields podcast instead. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. Excited for the show, and. Uh, we have a lot to discuss, as was explained in the rundown. All right. Two practices since we last spoke. One of them was at the stadium yesterday and then uh, back at the Novacare Complex today. Why don't we send it over to the Stone Cold Newsman 
or anything important that we've missed since we last talked birds? The Eagles are finished the practice-only portion of training camp after a light 54-minute session on Thursday. That was after they were in the stadium on Wednesday. The stadium was as much training camp for the coaches as it was for the players. They were there to work on the uh, mechanical aspects of calling a game, the headset, the uh, being on the sideline, getting in plays. Some kinks they're trying to work out, but they are in the process of doing so. As Nick Sirianni said, you want game one to seem like game 10. Uh, the injury report is fairly light for this time of year for the Eagles. The only players who remain sidelined are Deion Kane and Patrick Robinson. I'm sorry, and Patrick Johnson. Uh, that means that James Bradbury and Kobe Dean back at practice. Kobe Dean was with the first teamers uh, during practice today. Devontae Smith back with the Eagles after missing Wednesday's session to attend the sentencing hearing of his uh, friend and former teammate, Henry Ruggs, in Las Vegas. Further, we heard from Miles Jack and Zach Cunningham for the first time on Wednesday. They were their first time with the Eagles. Miles Jack said that he was actually considering going to trade school uh, before he heard from the Eagles. He was thinking about becoming a plumber or an electrician. He has uh, He's earned enough money in his career to say he, he said not have to work, but he likes to work. And so if he wasn't going to play football this year, he wanted to do something. He didn't want to sit on the couch. But the man after your own heart. The, yeah, for sure. The Eagles came calling, and uh, Miles Jack is excited for – this opportunity in Philly, although every time he walks by the 2017 Super Bowl uh, memorabilia or signage, however you want to describe it, in the team facility, he is uh, he's reminded of what could have been in 2017 had there not been an early whistle when Miles Jack picked up a fumble uh, or a potential fumble in that AFC Championship game. So. That's uh, your quick Miles Jack update. Back to you in the studio, Bo. I mean, they weren't going to win the Super Bowl either. You don't think so? I don't think so. I mean, who knows? But yeah, I don't think so. That defense was tough, and they were they they gave the Patriots all they could handle. Yeah, but offense matters more, and uh, they had Blake Bortles. So one would have said back in February of 2018, the Eagles have Nick Foles potentially. But uh, yeah, that's, that's I, I wouldn't really be worried about that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> um, the uh, the communication yesterday. You touched. You, you mentioned it briefly. Uh, like the, the dress rehearsal. You want game one to be like game ten. It was. Uh, there were some some odd happenings at practice yesterday at the stadium. Yeah, you can read it. Uh, Bo had the practice observations on Wednesday. Uh, he did a great job. You can check that out on The Athletic. Uh, there was one sequence that caught a lot of attention when the Eagles... I have never seen anything like this. Why don't you explain it? Yeah. Well, you can explain it. I'm just... I want they were, to... They were... Part of the reason they were over there was was to work through the game day communication, the headset stuff. And there was... They were, they were transitioning to a team drill. 
And it sounded like from it looked like from the outside, like it was scripted to be ones against ones. But Nick Sirianni uh, wanted to change it to one offense versus two defense. And he was trying to get that message to Sean Desai. And for whatever reason, Desai couldn't get that message in the headset. And so Howie Roseman, of all people, comes like running over. Sean, 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 Sean. Trying to tell him with like the message. And it was weird because once he got the message, the ones still stayed on the field. So I don't know if they just then stuck to the script. But I have never, and I have, I, I saw a report the other day of like Ryan Poles helping to break up a, a fight at Bears camp. But I have never seen Howie so involved like that. It was kind of weird. Didn't you think it was weird? I didn't think it was weird based on uh, where Howie watches practices. He's he's often behind the offense where Sirianni is. You know, he he floats, uh, but he, but he's he's so he's he's often back there. So my understanding of, of what occurred, and and again, this this doesn't mean this is absolutely what happened. Only the principal characters involved understand or or know what happened. But my understanding is that the headsets malfunctioned Desai could not hear uh Sirianni when Sirianni made that change and Howie Roseman was trying to alert Desai of of what was going on because Desai could not hear now again it doesn't mean that's what happened that's 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 what I heard happened the more you can do yeah look uh, Howie's do your job and then what Howie's he's similar to you in in that he's a He's an astute practice observer. Like how he's not just how he's not just on his phone, you know, playing immaculate grid during practice, right? He is, uh, he's, he's really, uh, he's he's really into it. By the way, quick quick aside, I saw I should give credit to the writer. I forget who it is. Um, it's from the Vikings website, but the Minnesota Vikings quarterback room plays immaculate grid at the end of practice every night. I, I figured at the end of their meetings. Yeah, that's what I meant. At the end of their meetings every night, at the end of the practice day. Um, is that a is that a Kirk Cousins thing to do? I don't know. Okay, you, you have a lot of opinions on Kirk Cousins, but anyways, uh, Howie Roseman's not playing immaculate grid on the sideline. There, he's tuned into practice. He he knew there was a miscommunication there. He alerted. Uh, Sean no, is there Desai. a miscommunication? <laughs> he alerted Sean Desai of what was happening. Uh, yeah, it was noteworthy that it was. It was just weird. We don't have to make a big deal of it. It's not a. It's not a, yeah. a thing that matters for the 2023 Eagles season. It was just a weird thing. I've never seen that before. But it's so. Uh, not to give ourselves a pat on the back, but one of the things about being not beat reporters, as opposed to just you know someone coming in and and, and seeing the team for a day, is we have an accumu- an accumulation of information. So so we're not simply looking at like. Just that day, we're looking at everything within the context of training camp and of the season. And if you recall, Sean Desai had mentioned earlier this summer that uh, there was a situation in, in, in practice where they had a substitution issue. And, you know, he he got on, you know, Sirianni got on him. He got on himself. It, it was uh, it was something that Desai volunteered. Uh, the, the substitution patterns are something that the Eagles are especially mindful of this year a matter of fact one of the like subtle changes that they're doing in practice this year is they have the offense on one side and defense on the other side for most of these sessions when typically uh everyone's either on one sideline or everyone's behind the quarterback 
they've they've changed that now to try to get them on the sidelines throughout the practices to work on some of these substitution issues or sub, I shouldn't say issues, these uh, substitution patterns that they're going to have during the season. Well, and listen, you know, the thing that, that Nick said about wanting game one to be like game 10 to the extent that game day communication stuff matters. I think it's reasonable to expect them to start slowly um, on that front. Right. I mean, he's got, he has two new coordinators and, just because he's worked with Brian Johnson before doesn't mean he's worked with him in this capacity. So uh, they need those reps. It makes sense that they would try to get those reps, but I, I also like it's, they're not going to be, uh, uh, they're not going to be game 10, game one. Yeah. I, I, I just know that. Um, I mean, this is something that, that's, that Sirianni is like particularly obsessed with right now. Uh, you know, I heard, I heard one anecdote that he, uh, that he had uh an official clock operator at the practice yesterday, just to make sure that they're in line with like how the official clock operation would, would be as, as opposed to their own people. Uh, so this is the kind of stuff that like Sirianni uh, is, is obsessed about. And um, it's something that, that they have, that they have to figure out here with, with two new coordinators and they want to play a lot of different personnel groupings, but yeah, some, something to be mindful of. And, okay, and and the other thing I I, sh- I should add to this is if you want to take this a step deeper, I think this is also a sign that they really aren't going to play their starters at all this preseason or at least very much. Um, yesterday's practice at the stadium, it was not a coincidence that it was mainly the first teamers and second teamers, right? Like the the third teamers didn't get much work. Those guys are going to be playing in the preseason more. They want to get these these. Um, substitution patterns out of the way or squared away with their starters while they're playing. Well, and also schedule wise, I mean, having a, having a Saturday preseason game, a Saturday night game, when you have a Thursday night game to follow and joint practices, Monday, Tuesday, those guys aren't going to play on Saturday. It would be nuts. Yeah. Right. I mean, I mean, they already a, a series max. And even that, I'm not so sure. Like, yeah, so I, I, I should say that Nick Sirianni did not commit to anything. He seldom does. Uh, for context, the last two years, the Eagles did play their starters in the first preseason game. Last season, if you remember, they had this great opening drive against the Jets. Jalen Hurts went six for six, I believe, but he also took a a vicious late hit. Uh, that I mean, you can go and do some Wild lip reading. Up. You can do some lift breeding from Nick Sirianni. He was not happy with Robert Sala uh, when when that happened. And after that, Jalen Hurts did not play again for the remainder of the preseason. Now, they did have joint practices those next two weeks, uh, similar to this year, two against the Browns. Last year, they ended up only having one against the Dolphins because of that mysterious illness that was going on in Miami. Uh, this year, they have one against the Colts. So, But I'm, I'm guessing – that based on the timing, like they are, and and you just mentioned this, they they basically don't practice during the season when they go from Sunday to Thursday. Now you go from Saturday to Thursday. They're 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 not going to wear these guys out. So yeah, no doubt. Um, okay, how about on the field over the last two days? What has stood out to you? I guess let me start with now that we've um, had Zach Cunningham and Miles Jack ingratiated into practice. How are things looking at linebacker? Yeah, so today those two guys were not with the with the first team, right? We made a big to do when they were with the first team on their first day, uh, or I shouldn't say we. I I suppose I did. Uh, they 
it was it was Nicobe Dean and, and Nicholas Morrow today. Um and and Christian Ellis when they went yeah. five on five, yeah. Yes. Um so yeah, so the 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 Cunningham Jack common uh, combination they were with the second team. Uh something to be mindful of. What what jumped out a big the, dude, huh? When he showed up that? to he's a big dude. Like Cunningham? not just the length. When he showed up to his press conference yesterday, I was like who is this tall drink of water? You didn't think so? I suppose. I mean, he, he looks like a football player. Yeah. Yeah. I know he looks like a football player. He doesn't <laughs> look like a linebacker to me. You disagree? What position would you think he played? Wide receiver. Really? Okay. Or tight end. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I probably he made a nice play. Him. He made a nice play yesterday, breaking up a pass over the middle to Grant Calcaterra. I, w- I would have gone edge rusher. Okay. Okay. Uh, so today's practice, like as I said, 54 minutes, not a lot of time with the ones. Some things that jumped out. Dallas Goddard on the first series of 11 on 11s, targeted twice, making plays. Dallas Goddard was on track last year for 81 catches, 1,000 plus yards before that injury in the Washington game. If he's healthy this year, I know not everyone can have a big year. I think Dallas Goddard's going to have a big year. He's been consistent uh, this whole uh, this whole summer. Alamne Zacchaeus had – what's that? He has had a very good summer. Yeah. Yes. Alamne Zacchaeus has had uh, – uh, he had two catches that stand out in my mind. One seemed like a busted coverage, but but the other one that jumped out uh, was in seven on sevens. Uh, when – nice throw by Hertz. He – it was along the right sideline. Monte Maddox was in coverage. Uh, I had Nolan Smith in my notes uh, as I seem to, again, maybe confirmation bias, but Nolan Smith's in the backfield a lot. Uh, and Nolan Smith's eager to play a game. You got to remember, he was hurt last year. At Georgia hasn't played in a while. Uh, he's, 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 he talked after, after practice. He's uh, ready to play. Uh, Joseph Ngata uh, took some reps with the ones today. It was a, it was a series when Quez Watkins and Devontae Smith weren't on the field, but I think what that represents is that he's kind of atop the undrafted rookie depth chart, or at least those bottom of the depth chart wide receivers. Uh, scrolling through my notes here, Dean, as I said, with the first team. Uh, Josh let me Job. Ask, let me ask, oh, go ahead. Yeah, the last thing I'll say is Josh Job continues to, yes. to look good. And I'll... I don't know if I'm taking the L on, on, on that. I was never like anti Josh Job. I thought Grady Williams was, was going to be the, the number three guy. And Josh Job is almost like firmly in there. I mean, maybe Keely Ringo with a good preseason, but I think that's, I think that's going to be Josh Job's spot. I think it's Joe Job over Grady and Ringo for sure. The only other variable there that I'm not sure about is, is would they be willing to move Zach McPherson back outside? Sure. But because it, this is a different defensive coordinator, like he doesn't have experience with with McPherson on the outside, and we haven't seen him take a single rep on the outside yep. this summer. So I don't know. I, I think you're right. And Joe has that spot right now on merit. He's he has been very good. Yep. Yeah. Let me ask you a, a, a Kobe Dean question. This is what I was thinking about on the sideline today. Mm. Of the five Georgia guys on defense, Keely Ringo, Nicobe Dean. Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter, and Nolan Smith. If you had uh, to go water gun to your knee right now and say which one of those five guys is going to have the best Eagles career, who would you say? Jalen Carter. Okay. Probably based on rep. 
on, on, on reputation, but okay. And who do you think is going to be the longest tenured Eagle? No, uh, Jalen Carter or Nolan Smith. Okay. I mean, they, they have a leg up in that they're, they're rookies on five-year contracts basically, but yeah. True. That's true. Well, I don't mean, I mean length. So like if, Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter leave at the same time. Davis gets one extra year. Like the the those years count. Not, you know what I mean. I'm not saying like who's going to be on the team. Oh, longer. got, like, got who's, you. Who's not 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 first. who's the last one standing, but who right, plays right, right. longest. Right. Okay. Who would have? A, I mean, it's one year difference. Yeah. I I am trying to guard against not overreacting to two weeks of training camp, and I, I agree. Like it, you go water gun to my head, I would say it's going to be Jalen Carter because he comes with the biggest pedigree. He's the, you know, he's, he should be the best player. Premium position that ages well. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm trying not to overreact. I like, I think Nolan Smith is, I think the answer could be Nolan Smith. Oh yeah. Uh, He's been really good. Uh, I think he's going to be a guy who is going to be here a long time because like he's sort of, he's sort of wired in the way that you would think they would want to keep guys around. I do also think that Jordan Davis has, the highest floor of all of these guys, mm. right? Like I'm uh, there's a, there's a uh, realistic possibility that, that Jalen Carter just sort of washes out of the league at some point. Um, Nicobe Dean could be too small, too injured. Keely Ringo could just be, you know, he's a fourth round corner that that happens all the time. Maybe Nolan Smith doesn't have a position, but with, with Jordan Davis, like no matter what, he's going to be an NFL caliber nose tackle, right? Like that, that is there. And so like, he's going to be here for that at least. That's true. It's, it's a really good question. I mean, I'm with you on Nolan Smith. There's, there's a reason I thought the Eagles would take him in round one um, because he's, he's that type of player. And I, I think we're all seeing uh, what made him a candidate there at number 10. Uh, so, yeah, I've I've been really impressed with him, and it, it befuddles me. I, I said this on Shields Pod, but it be, it befuddles me that twenty nine picks went went by in the first round, and no one took this guy because based on the athleticism and the fact, and then, that and then they had to stop the draft to give you a standing ovation for predicting he was going to go twenty picks earlier. <laughs> I mean, first round's a first round, but um, <laughs> you don't need to relitigate that. By the way, I I did decide after listening to the. Uh, the previous podcast we had uh, with with Mount Joy, Matt was a great guest. Um, appreciate appreciated that. But I I should make an announcement here. Um, I am finished talking about like or had debating about Jonathan Gannon. I think it's tired. <laughs> I think it detracts from the show. I think it's not like look. Everyone has their opinion of Jonathan Gannon. I think part of me is playing contrarian sometimes um but it's it's not like to me it's it's not I was even even, brought it up it's not that's not no, but fault. it's it's not even like an like it's it's not an interesting discussion to me anymore on the show and i i feel as if 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 we're going to be doing this like every if if something happens in, in a cardinals game or if he has a sound bite or like that 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 video clip that you showed then it's it's fair to talk about but if we just deviate into a jonathan gadden discussion i'm i'm gonna I'm gonna say, hey, look, reasonable minds can disagree. Let's let's. Yeah, let's I think that's it. fair. We don't have to. We don't yeah. have to totally uh, belabor that one. Um, um, 
Okay, but no, but 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 uh, uh, to your point about Nolan Smith, you're right. He just uh, he moves so well. It's hard to find guys like that. I think that the the uh, it's funny. I asked him today about playing off ball linebacker, and he's like, well, "It's not what I want to do. <laughs> you know, it's, you know, it's it's not what I want to do. But I'll I'll I'll, I'll do anything that to, to, to add value to the team." He talked about going from four I to the edge to the outside, and the fact that he's able to do all that and the the way he he moves i i don't know him personally like i you know i've had a few interview interactions that that's not knowing someone but from what i've heard just the intangibles are all there uh he's someone who who the eagles are going to have to find these these next core players right and it, some of them might be guys that they've already given contract extensions to you know jalen hurts is the guy in that building but on on defense, they're going to need some core players, and Nolan Smith kind of has that personality to be one of those guys. Hmm. All right. Anything else from uh, practice the last couple of days? Uh, did you want to get on your into your politics point from today? <laughs> we should talk. Yesterday, it was a big story on among Eagles fans. Uh, the Derek Barnett shove. Hmm. Uh, what did you make of that? So I actually only saw half of it. I didn't see the whole okay. thing from where I was sitting, but I don't know. It seemed totally fine. Not a big deal. Well, from what I understand, from what I understand, like Landon Dickerson was the aggressor there. Well, Landon Dickerson made a block within the whistle, right? Like it, it was uh so so for our audience here, it was not. But like back. Fletcher Cox took umbrage to the to the block too. It was like it wasn't just Derek Barnett being on a hair trigger. No, but Derek Barnett's the one who got the penalty flag, right? There were there were officials on the field yeah. and they threw the flag on Barnett. Uh, so this is what happened. Okay? Yeah, but there's a different. Well, go ahead. Yeah. So it was uh, the Eagles were were backed up. Okay, and they threw that like wide. I wouldn't even call it a wide receiver screen, but maybe that's what we'll call it—a wide receiver screen. The uh, short pass to AJ, you know, and then Landon has the crackback block. Okay, and it was an aggressive crackback block. He blocked Derek Barnett to the ground. Barnett stood up after 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 the whistle, came from behind, and pushed Dickerson. A flag was thrown. Um, <laughs> Derek Barnett is. This is the only time this summer that the Eagles have had a personal foul during practice. Am I wrong? Well, there, they haven't yeah. even had they haven't had anything close to like a fight, a scuffle. There was there, hasn't been... there was one mini skirmish and one on ones, but. Okay, yeah, no, but I'm saying like in the team drills, there hasn't been anything close to it. And Derek Barnett, uh, like, it, you know, it's... Listen, I know, we know you have your anti-Derek Barnett agenda here. I don't have uh, any anti-Derek Barnett agenda. I'm reporting what occurred. And uh, I am facts not, facts. I am not moved by this because listen, there is, there is a difference that practice how you play and all of that. There is a difference between if someone blocks you like that in a game and if your teammate blocks you like that in practice. Okay. I think uh, like he, and as I, you know, Fletcher Cox is also upset about the block. Like this is not just Derek Barnett doing Derek Barnett things. This is like, this seems to me like it was a normal reaction for what occurred considering what the other defensive linemen thought. Okay. I mean, I'm not like Landon Dickerson's play might've been too aggressive for practice. I'm, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you there. What I am saying is that Nick Sirianni is literally going to have a message in his meeting tonight where he's going to use this play as an example to the team 
that they need to go to the next snap. They, he, he said, do your, he'll, he's going to say, do your fighting between the whistle. Right. And, uh, yeah. Listen, Derek Barnett has not had a good summer. Okay. He, he may not make the team there. It's actually going to be hard to, for him to not make the team because of the cap stuff, but you know, he hasn't looked great. I think his most interesting snaps have come uh, as an inside pass rusher, which they've given him sometimes, and maybe that's a role for him. But I am, I am, I am like, I don't care that he did this. This is not a big deal. Well, I'm, I, I don't care that he had. Look, this is this is part of football. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying well, stop the presses because there was a, a a shoving match or whatever after a session. I'm saying Are you the that, one who threw the flag. I'm I'm simply saying that if if you're if you have a reputation for um, personal fouls, okay, or penalties after the play, and the only time that that flag has been thrown this summer is based on is 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 on something you did, then yeah, I I yeah, think but they that, haven't been. It's not like they've been throwing the like. That they, they were officiating that one differently because it was on the field, right? So, like, there haven't been other yeah. practices like that. Okay, but there hasn't been, but we've been at every practice. Yeah. There, there hasn't been anything after the snap this summer before that. That's, that's my only point. I don't know. I just like it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal until it happens in a game, right? Yeah. And we have enough history that that may happen in a game, but that's not no. because it happened once at, at, at practice. Because Landon Dickerson was being too aggressive. Okay. I don't know. I, I think we agree to disagree. I guess. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Or we can just disagree. I I, I never understood that. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to agree to disagree. You can just disagree and be fine doing so. Yeah, that's fair. All right. Anything else? Should we get to this year's crush? No. So you mentioned the politics thing. I. I oh yes. I, yeah. No, there were a number of dignitaries. Uh, at practice today, it was uh, the special ballot in Ohio. You wanted to discuss the what? Go ahead. Okay. No, there were. I mean, there were famous people there. Uh, Bo's there every day, so not including Bo. Um, <laughs> that joke's in the practice observations, by the way. Okay. <laughs> uh, Jory Epstein. Good little warning. Yeah, outstanding senior national reporter, senior NFL reporter from Yahoo Sports. Um, no, I'll say uh, there was Malcolm Jenkins, the uh, former Eagle, who is. In my 12 years covering the team, one of you know the most important players that has come through that building. Uh, Todd Harriman's a uh, you know, really good offensive lineman for the team. He looks uh, so good. <laughs> he does. All these offensive linemen, they, they, they retire. I think you found your camp crush. <laughs> Honestly, maybe. <laughs> um, and then, uh, and then the, the governor of Pennsylvania, Josh Shapiro. who uh, was a personal friend of yours. <laughs> not a close personal friend of mine, but um, yeah, Josh Shapiro, he was, uh, he's, yeah, he's the governor of Pennsylvania. The first time he's, he's been at practice since he was elected and he was uh, taking in practice from the sideline with Jeffrey Lurie, Howie Roseman stopped by, but uh, nice to see the gov there. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's what Bo was referring to with the political thing. What uh, like specific West Wing uh, line of dialogue was going through your mind as you saw them on the sideline? <laughs> uh, I mean, I could I could quote 
five seasons of the West Wing. I can't really quote the last two seasons as well. Once Sorkin left, it wasn't quite the same for me. There are a few good episodes there. Uh, but uh, no, there wasn't. I mean, there was a, there was actually, you know, there was, there was a convention with the governor of Pennsylvania. It was actually played, I believe, by Ed O'Neill. Uh, oh, was he was the governor of Pennsylvania, and he dropped out of the he dropped out of the election. So, so there you go. That's a a, a West Wing reference. Okay. But Jim right. McHugh says, "Wonder if he took ninety five South. Anyone who was driving ninety five could, you know, thank the governor for expediting that process." There you go. All right, you ready to get to? Yes, the moment I've been waiting for all summer. All right. Oof. I've never had more trouble than this year. Usually it's it's more of a love at first sight type deal. So let me take you through uh, all the contenders here. This is the list of people who I were on my radar heading in. I thought maybe maybe these guys fit the profile. Uh, let me take a close look at them, see if, if something moves the needle. Never quite happened. Grant Calcaterra, I think has had a solid summer, but not really taking that leap. Noah Ellis uh, has been a little bit underwhelming, I think, as the, the third-team nose tackle. Tristan McCollum, the third-team safety, who is the twin brother of Zion McCollum. Um, I, the, the most flashy thing I've seen him do was a really nice play uh, downing a punt near the goal line, but unfortunately has not gotten enough burn on defense to uh, be in contention. Eli Ricks. Just, I don't like the way he moves. Janarius Robinson. Interesting player, uh, but not different enough than from what my expectations were of him. He's had some flashes. Uh, those Got those long stems, and he's batted some passes down, but he's also been a little bit invisible at times. And then uh, heading into camp, Trevor Reed was on my radar, but... Um, I had the same unfortunate reaction as the Eagles appeared appeared to have that, and it just wasn't happening. You've got the guys who have given me a, uh, some flashes at points, and I thought, ooh, this could be the beginning of something. Maybe this is the start of a beautiful relationship. Makai Garner, feisty. Been around the ball a little bit, just not for me. Uh, Mario Goodrich uh, has been moving moved into the slot. And uh, had a few nice reps as a second and third team slot, but it's not going to be Mario Goodrich. Uh, Jaden Hazelwood, I think he's got nice strong hands, uh, but he doesn't he doesn't quite have enough wiggle, enough juice for it to be a, a receiver. Uh, Kyron Johnson, I, when he when he gets to rush the passer, I like Kyron Johnson, but they don't use him in that capacity enough, um, and so it's not going to be Kyron Johnson. And then uh, the newcomer, Johnny King, has had a nice couple of days of practice. Pretty active. But also not going to be the man to succeed. DeAndre Carter and Elijah Riley and Sua Opeta and Reed Blankenship. You know how to pick them. I sure do. Uh, two guys who we've talked about and sort of on merit, you could say, are like the guys who have had some of the best camps. Josh Job, we talked about. Um, he has been better than expected, I think. But for whatever reason, it's just uh, it's, it's not for my heart. And then Joseph Ngata, he's been very productive, no doubt. Um, 
I don't think he's – I'm very wary of, like, really big receivers hmm. who don't move especially athletically. The MoMA effect. Yeah. It's, yeah. Okay. I, I, it's, listen, he's been productive, and I think he has a real shot to actually make the team. Yes. But it's, it's not for me. Okay. Uh, two, the two guys who, if we were going down the traditional path of the Bo Wolf Camp Crush, a rookie – these are the two guys who were in consideration. I mentioned to you before Tanner McKee. He he looks good at times uh, when he gets the ball out quickly. He's he's uh, he's accurate in those first ten yards. I think he makes he has times when he makes like really nice quick decisions. But I think I've thrown seen him throw the ball beyond fifteen yards downfield like one time. Um, I think he is going to. I think he has already overtaken Ian Book if there's going to be a third quarterback on the roster, but uh, just, I, I can't, I can't put my stamp on Tanner McKee. The guy who I'm, I was very close to, to pulling the trigger on, uh, who I, I think has had a very good last week of camp. And I think he's going to make the team when before the start of camp, I might've said he wasn't going to make the team. Oh, 56%. Oh, Moro Ojimo. I think he's good. Um, he's young. He's strong. He's got those long, uh, long arms. I think he's going to be uh, a guy to watch. And I think he's, a, I think he's going to be a good player. He is, he is the, the closest to the traditional BWCC. So a shout out to uh, Moro for taking home that honor. But it's not going to be any of those guys. There are two other people who I really considered. One of them was doing something unprecedented. And that would have been extending the crush to a full-on relationship and just Ooh. doubling down on Reed Blankenship. But he's, he's too good. Everybody knows he's good. It's already happened. He's going to be a starting safety. Do I think he's going to be like a Pro Bowl safety? I think that's the level I would have to believe in him to extend it to full-on relationship. And take myself off the market. Have to put a ring on it. Yeah, I thought, I'm, I'm thinking about it. I love him, but it's not. It's not it. And so, the man who's going to be taking home the honor of the 2023 Bo Wolf Camp Rush is someone I've already. I think I've already mentioned how I feel about him. I talked about it in the last podcast. It's not his first time on the team. He helped save the Eagles in a certain uh, phase last year. Even did well in his one defensive uh, appearance. Mm. But this summer, even in the spring, he's taken his game to another level. And I think this is the situation where as the Eagles are looking to fill this position, I think their best guy is already here. This year's Bo Wolf Camp Crush is the best linebacker on the team, Christian Ellis. Wow. Well done in terms of the suspense. <laughs> uh, can I ask a few follow-up questions here? Of course. Christian Ellis, who was has been taking first-team snaps throughout the summer, not too popular for the Camp Crush? I don't think so because I, I what I am putting my stamp on is that 
uh, is that he is better than like he is he's better than even his reps in, uh, indicate. I think he's a he's a bit of a variance player, um, but I think in this in this day and age on on defense and in this defensive structure, I think you want to invite a little bit of uh, of variability. Like, let's not play, and I'm not taking a shot again in here, but let's not play the uh, let's just let them drive down the field and try to make a stop on the red zone. Let's go try to get some turnovers. Like, let's let's change the game that way. And I think he's the guy who can do that. Second question here. The history of the camp crush is often someone who it's like the, the girl you see at the bar from a distance. You don't have the history with them yet. Mm. You and Christian Ellis had a moment last year when you were both humming the same music, correct? Or no, no, no. I recognized the music that he was singing, gotcha. which was from a Disney show. And I liked I, I've, I've always been okay. a little bit high on Christian Ellis. And so did, that's where this is where the heart comes in. But did know? that relationship inf- influence the camp? Potentially. Okay. I, again, this is a, this is about following my heart. And as I thought about when I get to practice every day, who's the guy that I really want to get some eyes on and see how he's doing today? Who's the guy who I feel uh, prideful for when he makes a nice play? It's Christian Ellis. He's been my guy. And then last question for you is uh... – you know, you have the crush. You you go over to pick them up at the date. The father answers the door. Mm. The father answers the door here. Six foot five, <laughs> three hundred and eighteen pounds. Yeah, I got to worry about the brothers. Two time Pro Bowler Luther Ellis. Man, I mean, you know, are are you a little intimidated by Luther answering the door? No, okay. no, because my intentions are pure, and I think he knows that. Okay. And Noah and Caden, I think, can vouch for me. So Christian Ellis is the camp crush. Mm. Oh, goes with the Christian. Uh, it's uh, that's a congratulations to Christian Ellis. You are bound to follow in the wonderful footsteps of Suo Apeta and Coyote Awashika and yes. Elijah Riley and DeAndre Carter and Reed Blankenship and Reed and Reed Blankenship. Um, yeah, this is the most. Uh, experienced uh, NFL player. Although I guess DeAndre Carter had been kicking around the league about the same time, but not with the Eagles. It's a different deal. Did he? The, you know, this is that's just how the summer has turned out. I th- I mean, this is this is this is big. It's the, <laughs> in my opinion, it's the second most prestigious designation that a down the roster guy gets during training camp. Okay. Uh, the the first one is the. Dave Zingaro training camp diary um, mm. because that has an illustrious history of Jordan. Mailata was, was one. They, um, I got to think he, he's, he's had a few others that like he's, he's really picked them well. And this year he has moral Ojimo. Yes. So yeah, that's a good one. All right. Do you have a camp crush Zach? Uh, you know, I, I, uh, I, I like them all. I, 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 well, um, Covering I mean, them. there's at least one that you don't like. Who? Who? The, the, the guy who keeps committing uh, personal foul penalties. I got to tell you, Derek Barnett. Um, Derek Barnett and I have have, have had over the years like a uh, a good relationship. I I've written extensively about. I I wrote. Um, I mean, not to the degree that you that you did when you went down to Nashville, but I wrote a big story on him in his his rookie year. Spoke to his mom, Christine. 
Uh, I've written about him a number of times over the years. We've, we've had good conversations. This is, this is nothing personal. I'm just acknowledging a personal foul. I so I suppose it is personal based on the foul, right? That's right. Yeah. All right. Uh, before we go to break, if there are uh, people listening right now in the Philadelphia area who want to go to the Mount Joy show on Saturday night, here's what we're going to do. And listen, if, if you're not listening live and you're listening shortly after, still participate. We're going to give these tickets away, two tickets, to uh, the first person who emails birdswithfriendspodcast at gmail.com with a list of three players. You remember that we had uh, our guest on on Tuesday, the lead singer of Mount Joy. I'm not going to tell you his name right now because what I want is three eagles who have the same first name mm. or same last name as the lead singer of Mount Joy who we had on on Tuesday, okay? So uh, if his name is Derek Barnett, give me three people who have the same three eagles with uh, either Derek or Barnett, except that's not his name. And the first person who responds correctly uh, will have those two tickets to Mount Joy. So uh, happy hunting. Doesn't have to be current eagles, any, any all-time eagles. Uh, we'll be back on the other side to talk about our expectations for uh, the preseason opener on Saturday night against the Ravens. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we're back on Birds with Friends. Zach, we've already got uh, the answers flowing in to the Birds with Friends podcast at gmail.com uh, email address. Five answers so far. And uh, it, there were four of them at the exact same time at 3.46 p.m. But it looks like the win is going to Matthew Uresco. Who, mm. Which three uh, would you have said, Zach? I actually didn't put much thought in, into it. Um, Robert I, Quinn. Yeah. Matt Pryor. I would go Matt Barkley. And Matt Barkley. That's okay. who he has. Yeah. Uh, like milliseconds later comes Josh, who has Robert Quinn, Matt Barkley, and Matt Leo. Ah, okay. Matt Leo never played in a game. Does that That's okay. Uh, that's going to count. Yeah, that counts. Okay. You know, okay. even, we even have a Matt Patricia here, and I'm going to count that as well. Ah, okay. So there you go. Uh I'll I'll reach out to the people who are who are getting these tickets. Congratulations! All right, Zach. Uh, we already talked about expecting not much from the starters here uh, mm-hmm. on Saturday night, but let's let's do a little back and forth. Let's pick three things each that we were looking forward to seeing uh, on Saturday night. I'll let you go first. Real quick, I I, I just want to add this has come out while we've been on the pod. Um, the Ravens have announced that they will not play their starters on Saturday mm-hmm. night. So the league must be furious. I don't think it's going to factor into Nick Sirianni's decision, but it's it's uh, Harbaugh said none of the this is according to Jeff to Jeff Zrebeck, the outstanding reporter uh, for the Athletic, uh, that none of the established starters, including Lamar Jackson, obviously will play Saturday. Um, the uh, the thing that I the the first that I'm most eager to see we mentioned it earlier in the show is I I do think these rookies are going to get some time. Um, obviously, and and the first round picks in particular. I I, I want to see Nolan Smith out there. Uh, I want to see what Jalen Carter does against players from another jersey. Uh, yeah, I um, those two guys in 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 particular, I'm very eager to see. Okay, I think that's reasonable. Um, I wonder how much they're going to play, but certainly worthy of uh, keeping an eye on. Who do you I imagine think? Nolan Smith will will play more than Jalen Carter. I think that's probably right. Yeah. Um, a little bit, Carter's probably going to have to play a little bit too. I mean, you have to think about where they are like really deep. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not like Noah Ellis and Moro Ojimo can play an entire half. They're going to have to rotate a little bit. So Carter will have to play. And on the edge, Patrick Johnson's probably out. Yes. Right. So Nolan Smith's going to be playing with Kyron Johnson. So I think Nolan Smith's going to have to play a, a good amount. Uh, I'm going to say. I, I, w- I want to see uh, Tanner McKee live, uh, see how he runs the offense, see if he's willing to throw the ball downfield. Um, I think the – I'm not 100% sure that we're going to have three quarterbacks on this roster. Uh, you and I are doing a 53-man projection for tomorrow. I will have McKee on over Book, but uh, he needs to he needs to show it a little bit. And, um, again, I'm curious to see how he does against a, a live defense. So, uh, I, uh, give me the refresher here. If 
the third quarterback is not on the 53 man roster, he's not eligible to be the uh the emergency quarterback, correct? I believe that's right. Yes. Okay. So in order for them to have the emergency quarterback, they need to have three on their roster. So they're incentivized to keep three, correct? Unless you can you do the elevation for it? I th- that's what I thought. I thought the practice squad elevation is not okay. I, I I would yeah. need to a clarification on that. I, to be clear, I think they will eventually have three quarterbacks on the roster. I don't know if it's going to be one of these two guys. Interesting. Okay. Similar to what they did last year when yeah. they claimed uh, my my turkeys would still be on McKee. Okay. The most famous one of that during my time covering the team was when uh Matt Barkley and Tim Tebow were uh you know it was the it was the big story in the final preseason game, the final weeks of camp, and Chip Kelly did not keep either one of them. And uh, instead, traded Barkley, cut Tebow, and added Thaddeus Lewis. Or, yeah, I believe Thaddeus Lewis. Either Thaddeus Lewis or the there was a quarterback from Stephen Morris was another one. But I think it was Thad Lewis they added that year. Um, I'll never forget when he brought in Dennis Dixon. Not be why. Uh, okay, so I am up here and going a little down the depth chart, but I talked about him earlier. Joseph Angada has made plays and he, or he's, he's been catching the ball. He, he has, I think six, three, two seventeen or six, three, two twelve. He has the frame that you look for, uh, was a former top recruit at Clemson injuries affected him in college. But I think if he makes some plays in camp, then I'm sorry, if he makes some plays in preseason games, uh, they might be compelled to keep six receivers. Would it be, or do they cut Covey and go five and have someone else return punts? Uh, I'm curious to see that. You can elevate Covey, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, mine is is one thing we try to do, which we haven't done yet this summer, is like um, try to contextualize what we what we think we've seen and like could we have it wrong. And one thing that I think that has become clear over the course of camp is the the second and third team defensive lines have been sort of dominating the second and third team offensive lines. So I want to see if that holds up. Does, uh, does the, you know, when, when Marlon Tui Pelotu and Moro Ojomo are out there and Janarius Robinson, are they killing the backup Ravens offensive linemen? And conversely, you know, when, uh, when it's Josh Andrews and, uh, and Tyler Steen and Jack Driscoll, do they do better against uh, a Ravens front that that is not supposed to be as good as as the Eagles? So um, I want to see if we can get uh, a, a different understanding of the, the relative strengths of those two units. Good one. Uh, I'm sticking with the fantasy football positions and going with the running backs here. OK, uh, the Eagles have their depth chart out and it's an or fest, if you will. It's the unofficial depth chart. But you know what they call that? What's that? You know what they call that? An Orfest? Yeah. What? An orgy. I don't know who they who they is there. I'm staying away from from the, from that one. Um, but uh, with the Eagles depth chart, it is uh, Ors at like the top five running back spots. Right? They don't have a starting running back. They have. Um, I'm trying to pull up in the viewer here, which I unfortunately can't do. But I I saw on the flip card that was sent out. Uh, it, it was Kenny Gainwell or Boston Scott or uh, Rashad Penny or Trey Sermon or DeAndre Swift. 
poor Kennedy Brooks. <laughs> no shot. It's not gonna um, uh, so, yeah, I I want to say I'm imagining Trey Sermon gets most of the work here. If you're playing daily fantasy for uh, Saturday night, I get would, some help uh, first of all. Uh, far be it for me to advise anyone on how to try to earn a few dollars. Um, I I would go you with rob a bank. Sermon. You know, I went I to would... high school with a guy who ended up robbing banks. You did? Yeah. He was a really? he was a, he became a New York City police officer, and uh, used that guys to rob banks, robbed several banks before getting caught. And what's interesting is that <laughs> were you when, we were, when not really. And what okay. what's interesting is when we were in high school, someone had been um, stealing from people's wallets in the locker room, in like the in the athletic locker room, and somebody set up a camera to see who was gonna. Who like like the as like a sting operation to see who was going to take the 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 money, and this guy was caught doing it, but he didn't get in trouble because we weren't like the person was not allowed to be videotaping. Yeah, so I would think like, the person videotaping in the locker room would get more would be, in more trouble. Would yeah. be more trouble than yeah, the person. So it was like a it was like a both of you people shouldn't have done this. Uh, it, let's yeah. let's move on and not let it happen again. Situation, yeah. but what you know, he, he he found something he was good at. <laughs> you got to respect that. Yeah, you guys had some. Uh... Had some rope benders at what uh, country day at Westchester country day. Is that close enough? Close enough. Okay. Uh, Rye country day. Yeah. Okay. Rye country day. Um, <laughs> so is it my turn? I just said the running back. No, I think it's my turn. It's the last yeah. one. Uh, I mean, in this is not a, a good answer in general. I just want to see like who, who pops, like there's going to be somebody down the roster who pops like uh, maybe one of the corners does something interesting. I actually think that um, the most interesting player, like the, the guy who I would bet on to have a big game, would probably probably be Sidney Brown, um, because mm-hmm. he is active, and hopefully he gets some work. He's he's been flying around a little bit. Uh, I agree with what you said the other day, Zach. That after this game, we're probably going to start to see Sidney Brown all of a sudden moving up the, the depth chart and getting some reps with the ones. I think that that will happen. Um, but I also, I guess I'll, I'll I'll throw a nod out to the. Uh, the punt competition. Let's see how, let's see how that goes in live action. Where are you leaning there, Sipos or Zetner? Or I, I'm leaning Sipos. I'm leaning Sipos. Over the field as well, but yeah. we'll see how it goes. What about you? I think they'll bring in someone else. Yeah, I, I think off the board. Okay. How many other people even are there? I guess I got we got to got to scour how many other punting competitions there are. Yeah, exactly. This is this is what the pro scouting staff does. Okay. Anything else to talk about? Uh, no. I a um a hectic few days coming up here, and in this in third in a thirteen day period, the Eagles play three preseason games and have three joint practices. Uh, so they will see other teams' jerseys more than they see their own jerseys during that time. That can't be true. Yeah, there are off days in there. They don't have just Eagles practices or walkthroughs more than they have these preseason yeah, games. Jerseys in the locker room. All right, if you're being literal, it was a figure of speech. <laughs> um, they show up to work, they see their jerseys yeah. hanging. So out. anyway, so uh, my point is, is that camp or the summer goes into a different gear. At yeah, this point. we're about to we're about to hit the hit the highway. Yeah, so we've been, uh, we've been driving on the back streets. Ever since um, 
ever since the when I say ever since, it's just really last year when it went to three preseason games instead of four. Um, there's like a flow to the summer where you have the training camp portion and then you have the preseason slash joint practice portion. And then you have this two week lull before the season. And so that's, that's what we're entering stage two before you get to that stage three lull. So mm. uh, get excited because it's less talking about what happened in practice and more talking about what happened in games and joint practices. And it's interesting. Uh, Matt Quinn said this to us when we got off air the other night that the the stage one that you're talking about, this is when we are of uh, more service than ever because we're the only ones who get to see these guys mm-hmm. during training camp. Come stage two, you know, you get to everybody. Everybody gets to watch the preseason games. Yep. So, uh, you know, ho- hopefully we haven't been uh, too disservice, too much of a disservice over the first two weeks. And now you don't need us anymore. No, hopefully what we've reported becomes validated and you say, man, Bo really knows how to watch practice and uh, and you want to keep listening. Last thing, Zach, why don't we give a plug to uh, your big New York Times story? <laughs> well, no, it's an athletic New story. York Times tweeted that bad boy out. Yeah, I appreciated that. New York Times, uh, our parent company sharing. sharing they the know story. you're a company man. Uh, very much a company man. Very, yes. Um, let the record state that. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I want to delete that Shapiro tweet. That's just reporting who was I'm at kidding, practice. I'm I wasn't there. there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. So I had a story that uh, came out yesterday on uh, Food Chasers Kitchen, uh, which is a restaurant in Elkins Park. Uh, owned How would you and, describe Elkins Park, Zach? That's <laughs> a supper. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and Jalen Hurts uh, came there. It's well, I should say this: the story's ostensibly about Jalen Hurts, but it's more about these two twin sisters, former school principals, um, and PhDs, I, I believe, doctor. Uh, you know, my uh, um, the Johnstones, and um, wonderful. I I enjoyed getting a chance to uh, to 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 be with them and uh, spend some uh, spend some time with them and eat their cheesesteak but uh so they started this restaurant during the pandemic it was a dream of theirs and they uh so winter 2021 come 2022 june 2022 jalen hurts visits as part of a pepsi commercial promoting uh black owned businesses and jalen was just kind of supposed to stop by but i really uh took an interest in them and in their story uh spent like five hours there, made a cheesesteak. He wasn't actually supposed to make a cheesesteak. Put the apron on, made a cheesesteak. They, he wanted to put mozzarella cheese on. They, they said, no, we don't put mozzarella. We, we use Cooper Sharp and the fried onions. They use mayo. I don't typically put mayo on cheesesteaks, but it worked in, the, in their case. And uh, that became the Jalen special. Uh, Jalen, you know, he did the gritty with the kids there. He played, he played, you know, he sat in the, in the room with the video games with their nephew. And as he was leaving, he, he said he, he wants to help them. And they're thinking, help them. Uh, is he going to bring the offensive line? Is Jason Kelsey going to come? If only he knew what was going to happen. He, he, he had a number of subtle and intentional ways during the next few months that you can read about that he, he, uh, he tried to bring awareness to food chasers. And then on the biggest stage, he was asked the, at the Super Bowl he was in front of national and international media, asked what 
his favorite cheesesteak is or a cheesesteak place he recommends. And uh, he took that time to mention Food Chasers. And since then, business has been booming. And they're, uh, they said Jalen Hurts has changed their life. He's given them a voice. And now, similar to Jalen, they, uh, they're, they're not putting a ceiling on, on what their op- options could be. You know, they're thinking of expanding. So you can read that all on The Athletic. And uh, I got, there was a line taken out of that story, which I don't usually do this, but I thought mm. uh, this, was, and, but it was taken out. So I'll, I'll say, the, in parentheses, when I was describing the cheesesteak, I, I wrote like writer's note or as an aside um, from someone who appreciates cheesesteaks. I, I can attest it is good. Oh, they took it out. They took it out. Yeah. I was going to, this was going to be my follow-up question. I have two follow-ups and this was going to be one of them. Yeah. was the cheesesteak. The cheesesteak was good. was really good. Um, Ooh. Cheesesteak was really good. I was a little bit reluctant. I never had mayo on a cheesesteak. I'll admit that. And I told them that. And they said, you got to have mayo on the cheese. And actually, uh, shout out to Brent Johnstone, um, their brother, um, who, who runs a terrific charity in his own right. Um, I have the name of it in front of me. Uh, something dad's reading, something of, the, of that nature. Uh, I'll get that right for the next show. Um, but uh, he, uh, I don't think he puts mayo on his cheesesteak. But I, I had the mayo on the cheesesteak. And... It wasn't like pronounced. It, it was it was a nice touch, but uh, good cheesesteak, really good cheesesteak. Cooper Sharp and the onions uh, had it fresh off the grill, right? They brought it out to me on a plate. And I got to say, though, like I was really hungry that day. Mm. You know, I, uh, I met them on a Friday. The interview took a while uh, for good reason. Like I really enjoy talking to them. I hadn't eaten breakfast, so I was hungry. And if you, if you have a fresh cheesesteak when you're hungry, mm. right? I mean, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it was, it was, uh, it was really good, and um, I enjoyed, I enjoyed sharing that story. So if you make it to Elkins Park, check that out, and uh, they're going to be expanding, hopefully or potentially. Yes, please read part? the story. A fun, uh, a fun one, and a, little, a good little peek into uh, the intentionality of the things that that Jalen Hurts yeah. does. My my other follow up, Zach. Uh, inside baseball here, mm-hmm. uh, the the two owners, identical twins, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Was that ever an issue for you in the in the writing and like re- re- listening to your recording process? Yeah, the biggest it was it was one of the biggest challenges I've had uh, writing a story in in my career, and <laughs> um, because it was it was great that you know you know we were all together which makes it conversational, right? You, you, you want an, an interview that's conversational where they're bouncing off each other. They're, they're joking. It makes it more lively. Okay. Uh, I use a recorder. I don't use a video camera, obviously. Right. When you're in person and they're talking, um, they, uh, uh, you can, you look in the eyes of who's, of who's talking. So, you know, who's who the recorder doesn't, <laughs> doesn't pick that up and their voices sound, so alike to the point that so I, I use an app on my phone that identifies like speaker one, speaker two, speaker three. They were both identified as the same speaker oh, by the funny. app, which made it even more challenging. So what you had to do is there were times when they would say uh, and I wrote down, you know, like I I wrote in my notes when Maya spoke or when Kayla spoke, 
Um, but also there were times when Maya would say Kayla and I, or Kayla would say Maya and I, and then you would match the voices up that way. But there were, they'd be doing that and they would interrupt each other's thoughts. Right. And so you're trying, you're trying to do that. And this has happened one other time in my career. And, um, this is kind of all comes full circle, if you will. Uh, back in 2013, I did a, uh, an A1 story for the Inquirer flex on the Morris twins. I was out in Phoenix mm. for the owners meetings and I went to the Suns practice facility and I did it on the Morris. Twi- I did a story on the Morris twins and I interviewed them. Of course. Um, yeah, Philly guy. Yeah. yeah. I interviewed them together. Uh, their voices weren't as like, you know, I was able to, to break that up a bit. That one was, but I do remember thinking that at the time, the reason it comes full circle is I believe the Morris twins were once in a class. The Johnson's a former class principal or former principals. I believe, uh, either Maya or Kyla, I saw this on their Instagram page recently, were um, principals at a school with the Morris twins. Interesting. So, yeah. So that all comes full circle. That's about as perfect a ZB story <laughs> as a ZB story gets. <laughs> yeah, happy to share that one. We hit all of your of your favorite things. <laughs> Food, cheesesteak, Philly. Yep. And, and reporting. And reporting. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode of Birds with Friends. We'll be back with the post-game pod late Saturday night. Uh, probably, I'm guessing around you know, ten forty-five, eleven p.m. would be our would be our target. So, join us then. But uh, for now, that'll do it for Zach and Kent and uh, food chasers everywhere. I'm Bo. We thank you for listening. We will talk to you Saturday night. And as always, we love you. Birds with friends.